Steelers a lock to win at Dallas Sunday. Joining me now to discuss from DK Pittsburgh Sports, it's Dale Ollie. Dale, is there any way the Steelers could lose at Dallas? I am not even entertaining the possibility. They would have to turn the ball over eight times, Mark. Uh, other than that, it's a shoe, shoe, shoe in. Uh, this Dallas team is awful. Uh, they're bad defensively. They're bad offensively. They're bad on special teams. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is, is banged up. I mean, this is just a bad, bad football team. I don't think that they win another game. And they play in a division that has the Giants and Redskins in, or Washington football team in it. How do Tomlin and the team's leaders approach a game like this? Because the players know how bad Dallas is and about their quarterback situation. You're not going to be able to to lie to them by way of motivation. No, you're right. And what we've heard a lot of this week is that, hey, uh, you know, we're 7-0. and It's nice to get the 7-0, and but, um, you know, you still have to take care of business and, and get to 8-0. I'll be frank with you. I mean, I'm watching some of the highlights. Dallas played as well as it could play last week on defense against the Eagles. They forced four turnovers, and it led to nine points in a 14-point loss. I mean, I just don't know what this Cowboys team can do to possibly beat the Steelers in this game. And the players know that, but they also realize that, hey, um, there are some guys on that on that roster, that Dallas roster. Uh, you know, Matt Williamson and I went over it on our shows we do every week, like ranking, okay, look at the Cowboys receivers versus the Steelers receivers and the offensive line versus the you know, offensive line, that kind of stuff. And there are some spots there where, where the Cowboys – are, are have a better talent. Uh, it's just not showing up on the football field because you can't be bad at the quarterback position. It really, to me, drives home the point uh, of what a good job Mike Tomlin and his staff did last year of keeping the the the, the train on the tracks and at least getting to eight and eight with with uh, you know Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges at quarterback because that's essentially what the what the Cowboys are doing right now. And they don't have the defense that can hold up their end of the bargain with that. Were you surprised Dallas chose to not go with Ben DiNucci after he started just one game? Uh, don't get me wrong, Dale. I don't think he's very good. But now they're basically having open auditions with the practice squad. Yeah, that's kind of surprising. I mean, you know, I think it's going to be Garrett Gilbert. Uh, he's been in the league since 2014. This is his seventh NFL team, and he's thrown six NFL passes. That's not usually a good sign. Uh, you know, Mike McCarthy said, yeah, we wanted to go with a more experienced player. Really? Because Danucci's thrown, what, seven times as many passes as that guy has in the NFL, and he's been in the NFL for seven years. Um, it's just this is not going to be pretty this weekend. Uh, the Steelers' defense is not one. Uh, maybe they're trying not to get Danucci killed. That could be the, the thing that you're looking at here because, you know, the Steelers – uh, when they have uh, – th- their defensive line is maybe the best unit in football, their defensive front, those, those front five guys. Uh, and so, you know, even against good offensive lines, they get home. Um, against a rookie quarterback making a second career start, uh, it just it may get really ugly. And so maybe they said, hey, we can, throw, we can throw Garrett Gilbert out there, and if he gets hurt, so be it. Let's talk about the Steelers' passing game. What's the deal with Deontay Johnson and James Washington? Uh, neither of whom did much at Baltimore. In fact, uh, Ray Ray McCod got more snaps than Washington. That's, that's been the way it's been every week. It's a different guy every week. Um, it's just dependent upon 
you know, who's Roethlisberger's throwing the ball to the guys who, is op- who are open or if he likes a certain matchup. In some weeks, a lot of weeks, that's going to be Deontay Johnson. I mean, Deontay Johnson last week got 15 targets or two weeks ago. Uh, he's not disappearing from the passing game anytime soon, but the Steelers didn't like his matchup as much as they liked, you know, some of the other ones. And so they went to those. Uh, in terms of the, the, the Ray Ray, uh, yeah, Ray Ray McLeod stuff, um, we'll see. I mean, again, I, I think the Steelers like to be multiple, uh, with, with their looks. I think they felt like McLeod's elusiveness and run after the catch ability gave them a better chance against the Ravens because they didn't want, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger standing back there holding the football against that Ravens defense. They wanted to get the ball out of his hands quickly. You know, James Washington is a down-the-field threat. Uh, so, you know, you go with the guy who gives you the more, uh, the better elusiveness with the short catches. Vance McDonald's sick, but hasn't Eric Ebron kind of put McDonald largely on the back burner? Well, he has, but he hasn't, because McDonald is still the far better blocker, you know, between the two. Um, so, you know, McDonald's still going to play half the snaps. Um, you know, it's just the Ebron in the passing game. Uh, so I, I get it because people look at their fantasy stats or, the, you know, if a tight end isn't catching the football, he's not doing anything. Uh, but McDonald has, has been a, a, an inter, integral part of this team in terms of his blocking. He's not catching many passes, but, uh, you know, they keep uh, lauding the job that he's doing in that. And it's allowing, by him being on the field blocking, it allows Ebron to, to do more of the, uh, you know, the pass catching stuff. So, um, you know, I don't think he plays on Sunday because I don't think he'll be able to get through the protocol because I think you have to test negative three straight days uh, once you uh, once you're, you're sick. So it's going to be interesting to see. You know they they haven't uh, they, they really haven't used the third tight end at all this year. Now, maybe they used Eric Watt with some of that stuff, but uh, uh, to this point, uh, it's just been Ebron and McDonald uh, getting all the all the tight end snaps. We're talking to Dell Ollie of DKPittsburghSports.com here on the Mark Madden Show. Dale, how much is Ben really calling at the line, and what are the triggers? What's he most often switching out of and into? You know, I, I, he's just looking for matchups, uh, honestly. And in that game um, the other day, he, he, he said drawing things up in the, in the sand and the dirt. That that's not true. Uh, you know, these are things that they that they've done. Maybe you're running a different pattern out of a different. Uh, you know, instead of running it out of the slot in the right side, you're running it in on the slot in the left side, different things like that. Um, trying to get the matchups that you want. And honestly, he's just looking to, you know, last week, uh, you know, it, 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 a lot went to Juju in the slot. Um, you know, trying to stack him, get him off the line of scrimmage, those kind of things, because that's the guy he trusted in that situation to hold on to the football. Um, they didn't want the Ravens, uh, you know, getting free runs at the, at the, the wide receivers and trying to strip the ball away. Um, again, it's, it's, it's strictly matchup driven. Uh, they haven't used the no huddle a lot this year, but they did last week because that's what made, you know, made things work against the Ravens because you get them in certain packages where they can't necessarily, you know, sub their guys in either. And it also spread them out to, to make it so they couldn't, uh, you know, put eight guys at the line of scrimmage and then make you guess who's, who's blitzing and who's not. Is the O line a strength now? And how'd that happen, Dale? Because I don't see a weak link. I see depth, but at season start, there was plenty of doubt, wasn't there? Well, it's all about Ben Roethlisberger, and I kept saying that all last season. This, you know, this offensive line didn't suddenly stink. Uh, David DeCastro didn't become a bad player. Marquise Pouncey didn't become a bad player. Same thing with 
with Villanueva. I mean, those are, you know, the thing about the Steelers' offensive line is there may not be a, uh, you know, a, a, a shining star on that offensive line, but there aren't many, there was no weaknesses either. Um, you know, they, Ramon Foster probably hung around a year too long, but, um, you know, Matt Filer's been really good at, at left guard. Chuk Shakur for has done the job at, at right tackle. And Roethlisberger, you know, recognizing protections, getting the ball out quickly, makes that line look a lot better. And I kept saying that over and over again last year. When you got quarterbacks coming out there and the, the, the play calls coming down from from upstairs, and if the defense has the, the perfect uh, perfect call against that, that offensive play and you have to run it anyways, it's going to be a loss. Uh, you know, if the quarterback doesn't recognize that he needs to get rid of the football because on a, on a hot read um, and, and he gets sacked, uh, it makes the offensive line look bad. Uh, you know, it's all about the experienced quarterbacks. If you look around the league, and, and, and Matt and I did on our show earlier this week where there, uh, there was a guy that came, he, he ranks offensive lines. I think he had the Steelers' offensive line ranked fourth. But if you looked at the, the, all the, the, the lines in the top five, they all had veteran quarterbacks. And that's that's not you know that's not by accident. Those guys helped with the protections and everything as well. Let's talk about the defense deal. What's the problem on third down? Uh, the Steelers are allowing third downs to be converted forty four percent of the time because that's like the only problem with that defense. But it is a problem, especially on some pretty long conversions, third and a country mile in some occasions. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to rely on that that defensive front to get home a lot, um, you know, sometimes they don't get there. And in today's NFL, if they if you don't get there, um, you know, it's either going to be a pass interference penalty or completion. Uh, you know, the Steelers are completing at fifty percent, which which is a, a franchise high. They've never had anything close to that. Um, so it, it's just the way that the league is going right now because you can't breathe on a receiver. And it, you know, and I also think that. Some of the holding penalties come into, or lack thereof, come into play as well. If you're going to allow offensive linemen to hold those pass rushers up on their way to the quarterback and get the, you know, get these quarterbacks and receivers three or four seconds to get the football down the field, these kids are coming out of college now. Um, they've been the, the, the wide receivers. You see the rookie receivers coming in and, and and be stars right away because from the time that they're you know seven or eight years old, they're going to passing camps. They're going to seven on sevens. It's just that it's it, the game has has just changed so much that it's almost impossible to play shutdown defense in the secondary. You saw it the other night with with the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones with the game on the line takes takes the Giants right down the field against that against that Buccaneers defense and converted two fourth downs on that drive. It's just impossible right now to play shutdown defense in the secondary in the NFL. How much have they missed Devin Bush so far, and how much will they miss that speed? I thought uh, his absence was, was really evident in the Baltimore game. Yeah, there was some of that, and, and you know, Robert Spillane made a couple of big plays, and good for him. But he's not Devin Bush, <clears throat> um, you know. And, and so, you know, when they get up against a team like a Kansas City, um, you know, I think that's going to be 
one of the big issues. Uh, you know, a team that they can, can really throw the football. They haven't run into that just yet uh, with their first two opponents without Bush. But at some point, it's going to bite you. And, and and we saw it, you know, when they when they were playing without Ryan Shazier. Um, you know, when they put John Bostic on the field, the opposing team threw. When they would when they would go to to one of the defensive backs on the field instead of Bostic, the opposing team would run. Um, you know, I think this te- this defense is better than it was a couple of years ago in terms of the pass rushers and, and, and those things. Um, but it's still going to be a problem at some point for them. Uh, Hilton's questionable for the game against Dallas. Uh, not that that should matter in that game, but how does that D adjust when Hilton's not in there? Because he's like uh, like a blitz nickel, isn't he? In lieu of a better term. Yeah, and he's you know he helps out in the run game as well. Last week against the the Ravens, you saw them play Alex Highsmith as part of a five linebacker package because you know despite being uh, you know 185 pounds and, and five foot nine, uh, that's being generous. Uh, Mike Hilton plays like a linebacker, uh, but he also gives you some coverage ability, uh, you know, the, the defensive back coverage ability. So that's where you, you miss him. Uh, the one thing that Dallas has, has had to do the last couple of weeks because of their offensive line situation and, and, and their quarterback situation is they, you know, they, everybody thinks about those three great receivers that they have, and they're, they're three very good receivers, but they can't play as many three receiver packages because their offensive line is all banged up and, and they can't function in three receiver packages. So maybe you don't see Hilton or you wouldn't see Cam Sutton on the field as much. And I like Cam Sutton as a player. I think he does an excellent job as well. He's just not the run, you know, the, the, the guy who helps out in the run game quite the same way that Mike Hilton does. Looking past Dallas, because I don't think anybody would hate either of us for doing that, Dale. <laughs> is Cincinnati going to be a tricky game or am I trying to invent a tricky game? I, I do know Burrow's, uh, Joe Burrow's played better. He's he's uh, building something there, I think. Yeah, he's a good young quarterback, and so that you know you like that about them. Their defense is still not very good, and I'll say their offensive line still might be the worst one in the league. And so, anytime that that that, that Steelers, this Steelers defense faces a really bad offensive line, um, you have to give them the edge there. Um, you know, as we saw against Cleveland, which which a lot of people say has a top five or six offensive line, that can be a problem with that with that defensive front. Um, you know, so yes, that could be a game that the Steelers could lose. But once again, a team coming off of a bye week. Uh, you know, the Steelers will be playing this week. The Bengals are on a bye, so the you know the Bengals will have a couple of weeks to figure this out. But a rookie quarterback <clears throat> behind a bad offensive line uh, against this defense, I don't like that at all. If I'm Cincinnati. Which games are the Steelers most likely to lose, Dale? And what do you see for their final record? Because I figure they're going to get beat one time legit. They're going to blow one. And I bet at the end when they have stuff clinched, they rest guys and lose one more. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the over-under, I uh, just got a, a, an update on that for wins for the season, and I think it's up to like 13-and-a-half. Uh, it was, it was nine-and-a-half when the season started. Um, you know the, the second the rematch with the Ravens is obviously going to be a big one because Baltimore is going to have to. I mean, you know, after losing at home to the Steelers, they almost have to beat them uh, here in Pittsburgh on Thanksgiving to uh, to have a chance to to try to catch them in the division. Um, you know, I, I, you look at the game in Buffalo. Uh, I think it's December thirteenth. Um, you know, I don't think the Bills are a great football team, but they're a good football team. Um, and you look at, I think, the Colts are the, the week after that uh, at home. Um, you know, that's a team that, that that can be dangerous. Their offensive line 
might be able to match up against that Steelers defensive front. We'll see. It's one of the better offensive lines in the league. So, you know, I think you look at those three games and say those are ones that they could lose. Maybe they stub their toe against the Bengals. But, you know, other than that, it's Dallas, it's Jacksonville, it's Washington. I can't see them losing to any of those teams. This is looking way ahead, Dale. But let's say they've clinched, you know, home home field, Dubai, the division, all that stuff going into week 16 and 17. How likely would Tomlin be to rest players in either of those weeks, given that they get the week off? I mean, if you rest Ben the last game, for example, you know, he'd be, he'd be missing two straight weeks. That would that that couldn't be good. I'm not sure if uh, if it would be worth it. Well, and we'll see. I mean, you know, the the competition committee just put out the the uh, or just put forth to the owners the possibility of having eight teams in the playoffs. Um, you know, if they have to start skipping games here in the regular season, which is a possibility because, you know, if you start uh, <clears throat> you start having to, to postpone games or cancel games because of COVID and, and teams don't have a bye week anymore, or, you know, don't still have their bye week remaining, where are you putting those games if you don't want to do a week 18? And it seems to me that the league doesn't want to do a week 18 because, um, you know, how do you say, for example, let's say that the Jets and Patriots got canceled this week. Well, how do you say to the Jets and Patriots who are out of it, um, hey, you guys got to play in Week 18 now. Uh, you know, it, it just opens us some cans of worms there that that maybe uh, you don't want to go, you know, do. Um, so, you know, that possibility is there that that perhaps uh, the Steelers wouldn't get that by. And the other th- the other side of the coin, if they would go to a Week 18, um, let's say they, you know, they decide, uh, you know, with with two or three weeks left in the season, you're going to go to you're going to have uh, Week 18, and the Steelers aren't playing. Are you going to want your players off for three straight weeks before they play another? Before they from the last regular season game to a, to a playoff game, and that's a problem too. So this is all being done on the fly. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Joe Biden gets into the White House and shuts the whole country down again. Anyways, I do, mean, anything's do, possible at this point. Do you think they're going to uh, take away the bye? There's been talk of an eighth playoff team if they have to cancel games. I I guess there's no way to know until they actually have to cancel games, which has not happened yet. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the nuclear option. Um, you know, I think that they they don't want to do that, but obviously it would be a you know for the league uh, a way to create more revenue. And I think in the long term, I, I think they could certainly sell the players on it. And say, hey, look, you know, and you're going to get enough. Uh, Fifty three more guys are going to get a playoff show. Uh, it's going to add. I don't know. Let's say let's say it adds two million dollars per team to next year's salary cap if you play that. If you have those eight teams in the playoffs. I mean, I think both sides would want that. Um, but again, I think that's the nuclear option if they have to start canceling games. And They played that game last night, uh, you know, the Thursday night game between Green Bay and, and, and San Francisco. They were, there were guys missing all over on both sides of that, uh, you know, with, with COVID stuff, and they played it anyway. So, you know, I think they showed that, that you know, if, if at all possible, they're going to play these games. Dale, great stuff. Thanks for the time, and enjoy the game Sunday. Okay, Mark. We'll talk to you. That's Dale Lally from DKPittsburghSports.com. Don't forget, we have Machine with the football picks at 515. And right now, I'd like calls because I'm bored to death. 412-333-WXDX.